God, you are with us. God, you are with us. You're Emmanuel. And God, while you're with us always, we know there's some moments where you're particularly close. You're close in a way that is different. So God, your people right now cry out for you to be close. God, we ask right now that as your word is given, that as your people are fed, God, that you would draw near in a way that is unique. And your word promises us that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So God, we're drawing near. God, would distractions be gone? Would anything that's gonna take our attention away from this moment be gone? Would our gaze and our eyes be fixed on you? It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's two halves of this familiar psalm. So the first half, it's God who's the one that's doing all the active things. So God is making David lie down. God is leading him to quiet waters. God is restoring his soul. And in that first half, all the places, all the locations that God seems to be leading David are pleasant places. Green pastures, quiet waters, paths of righteousness. But there's this transition into the second half of the psalm when verse 4 hits. Because suddenly, no longer is David being led to good places. It's the valley of the shadow. He's now seated at a table in the presence of those who hate him. And as this transition happens from the first part of the psalm to the second part of the psalm, the way that David talks about God also changes. First three verses, there are five third-person pronouns. He leads me. He makes me lie down. He restores me. Second part of the chapter, you anoint my head with oil. Direct. God, you seat me at a table with my enemies. You are with me. So there's this transition that as the places get harder where God's leading David, the intimacy, the closeness is growing. He's not just talking about God anymore to somebody else. He's talking to him. And I can't help but notice this about this psalm. There's this pace of David's actions. Think about it with me. What is David doing in this passage? Lying down. Walking, not running through the valley of the shadow. Isn't that interesting? 
He's seated at a table in the presence of his enemies. All the actions that the author is doing are still actions. And you might be like, man, why does that even matter? Because there's details in Psalm 23 that you would miss if you were sprinting through it. About a week ago, I was at Wheaton College and I was walking through the campus, just looking at it, beautiful campus, noticing the buildings, there's the Billy Graham Graduate Center there on their campus. And I'm walking around thinking, this is beautiful. Like these buildings are so pretty. And the thought occurs to me, when was the last time I was slowed down enough to notice the landscape? Like when was the last time I was still enough to notice the buildings that were around me? Green pastures. Quiet waters. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If I'm in a hurry to get somewhere, I'm not going to notice the color of the grass. If I'm in a hurry to get somewhere, I'm not going to notice how loud the water is. But the whole psalm is written through the lens of a shepherd. So it's actually really important. Green pastures mean it's a place the sheep can feed. Right? This isn't the wilderness. This isn't the desert. God has led the sheep rightly. Quiet waters. This isn't some waterfall. This isn't some cataract the sheep are going to die by drinking in because it's too strong. When you're in a hurry, you often miss the fact that God has provided your needs right in front of you. I have a friend that goes here right now at this university. He's a student here. And about last year, he accepted a call on his life to missions work. And so right now he was applying for a job with a missions organization, wants to go overseas next year. And in October, he was accepted to this missions program. To do the program, he has to raise $6,000. At the beginning of his fundraising, he raises about $1,000. Two weeks go by, nothing's happening. No extra money's coming in. He has a prayer time with God one night. He's like, Lord, what's going on? And God asks him the question, what if I am moving at a different pace than you are? Hold on, wait a second. What if God's moving in this season of your life in a different pace than you are. He shows up at Awaken the next night after this prayer time, and we're praying that night at Awaken for people that have a call to missions. So he goes up to the prayer team and he's like, I've already accepted a call to missions, but I would love prayer for financial provision. Prayer team lays hands on him, prays for him. Five minutes later, in the middle of the service, keep in mind, it's like 10.30 p.m., late at night, somebody texts him and says, hey, I wanna give $1,000 to your missions fund. Five minutes after that, another person texts him, hey, I wanna give $500 to your missions fund. In two weeks, he sees 2,500 bucks come in. When you are running through a season in which you should be walking, you miss God's provision right in front of you. I want us to really enter into this psalm today. So Jesse, let's put on the screen uh, Psalm 23. Let's do it in the message version though, okay? So I want you to do this. Would you read this out loud in the message version with me? Ready? Let's go. God, my shepherd... I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through death valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six 
course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Let's finish it out together. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of my God for the rest of my life. I want to ask this question. What makes you and I tend to run through seasons in which God is actually calling us to slow down and walk? Quite often, the desire to run through a season instead of walk is driven by fear. And when I say fear, I'm referring to the three M's. Fear that I'm missing out, fear that I'm not measuring up to somebody else, or fear that I'm making a fool of myself. Usually the fear is rooted in insecurity. And insecurity says there's something that I need. And if I don't have that, if I don't get that, I'm not going to be enough. And that fear, which is rooted in insecurity, is all rooted in doubt of the first line of this psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do I really believe that? Like, do I really believe that if the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I'm going to miss out on that I need? I don't need to be insecure. Some of us in this room, this progression is totally messing with our walks with the Lord. Biggest fear for some of you in this room is you're afraid you're missing out because you're afraid you're going to graduate college and not meet your spouse. I'm being serious. Biggest struggle for some of you, you feel like you're not measuring up to somebody because it's so hard at this age of your life to say, why am I spending four years in an institution to prepare myself? I want to be out living life. I have a friend who's a pastor at Asbury University, and about a year ago, she was having a prayer time in July 2016, and God said, Jeannie, if I lead you on a path, will you walk it with me? Jeannie, if I invite you on a new journey in your life, will you walk it with me? And for some reason in her prayer time, Jeannie just sensed all the circumstances of my life are about to change. Something's about to shift. And she's like, God, you know my heart. You're my shepherd. If you're leading me into a season, I want it. I say yes. Ten days after that prayer time, she has a doctor's appointment. Routine checkup discovers she has an unknown illness. Doctor has no clue what it is. Very side effects. Very big. Next 14 months. Jeannie has spent flying from doctor to doctor, driving from city to city to find out what this unknown disease is, and she still does not know. God, I'll take the first half of Psalm 23. I'll take the quiet pastures. I'll take the green pasture. I'll take the path of righteousness. God, I'll take the first three verses, but don't give me the valley of the shadow. Don't give me a path where I have to sit at a table with my enemies. But what if that's exactly what I need? 
Like, wait a minute, what if what undoes this progression is actually for me to be in an uncomfortable position and to find that when I'm seated at a table with my enemies, God's presence and his abundance in that moment is so real and so tangible. If that happened, I would discover that my circumstances and my enemies have no power to strip me of abundance. That leads to the reason Psalm 23 exists. Abundance is a person, not a place. You can have abundance in any season of your life, and that leads you to say, it's my shepherd that matters, not my season. If you're in a season of singleness, you're in a season of college, it doesn't matter, your shepherd's the same. It's not about my season. Because abundance is a person, not a place. Close your eyes for a second. Just ask yourself this question. Can I say right now, in this season of my life, I shall not want? Ask yourself that question for a moment. God, I just pray right now in this place, whatever season we're in, you'd help us to find abundance. And that it's not in a situation or a circumstance, it's in you. You can open your eyes. There's a verse in the Bible that says, be in step with the Spirit. And I think a lot of times we talk about the problem in the church of being behind the Spirit. When God prompts you to do something or leads you to be obedient and you don't do it, but sometimes we're actually more in danger of the reverse. What if I'm ahead of the Spirit? Like what if God's called me to walk through the present season I'm in, but I'm longing for something else. I want something that is a good thing that is in God's will for my life, but I want it now too soon. Every time you choose a good thing in God's will for you before it's time, you are sacrificing abundance out of fear. There's a sin of being ahead of God's spirit. This summer, I had a, a really vulnerable moment where I was just really struggling. I had to ask myself the question, am I gonna continue doing ministry? Am I gonna continue in this? And as I asked that question, I was having this prayer time and God prompted me, Garrett, surrender your 20s. Like surrender the decade of your 20s to me. Why? Because there's fears I have about, man, am I measuring up to other people in their 20s? Dude, am I making a fool of myself? All these questions. Like, Garrett, surrender your 20s. Why? Because your season doesn't matter. My life's been surrendered to the Lord, but has my time been surrendered to the Lord? Is my season surrendered to him? There's moments where your walk with God is great. You're surrendered. You're good with the Lord. But have you surrendered and given him permission to do what he wants in your life when he wants to do it? Guys, there's one part of my, this psalm that's my favorite. There's one part of the psalm that's not slow. 
David's lying down, David's walking through the valley, all these things, but there's one part that's not slow, and it's that last verse. A better translation of the Hebrew would be, surely goodness and loving kindness will not follow, will not chase, will pursue me. Who's running in this passage? God. May it give you the security to walk, to notice the green pastures and the quiet waters in whatever season you're in, because you don't have to do the running. God's running after you. Let him pursue you. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And if you guys would, would you stand with me? Would you stand with me and take a moment and close your eyes? Just close your eyes, ask the Lord the question, what is he sharing with you this morning? in the Bible who was complaining to God that he felt like he wasn't seeing God. It was the prophet Habakkuk and he talked about, Lord, what do I do when I just don't see your faithfulness in this season? But in the midst of that season, Habakkuk wrote these words. He said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. Like I've heard that you're a good God that does things and I don't really see that in my season, but I'm gonna ask that you would be that God to me that you'd be the person Israel believes you to be right now. And so right now we're gonna do, we're gonna sing a song and this is a new song for you guys, the song that Josh wrote and it's about that theme. And so I wanna invite you as you hear these words, as you lift this chorus to God, to lift it out of whatever season you're in and in your mind be saying, God, I shall not want. I shall not want because you are my shepherd. Let's lift this back to the Lord.